Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast, and I'm back, baby! Well, welcome back. Uh, we all missed you, though you did appear in the other episodes in a d- different way, and you have been watching the show. I have been watching the show, and I have wa- listened to your entire first episode with Dan, and like... Half of your second episode, because I ran out of time. I'm going to be honest, could have lied. No one would know. No one would know. Because our opinions are the same. But it, yeah, it's good to hear that you uh, you had similar opinions about those last two. Um, it was it was good to bring Dan in for them, because they had a lot of stuff to do with um, comic books. And, and Dan loves comic books. Dan knows that, and we got a bit, and it feels like... Maybe that won't be as big of a thing anymore. It is almost like we did this <laughs> on purpose, Kevin. It it might come back. It might come back. I don't. It doesn't feel like they're cutting it off, but it does feel like we're going in a different direction. Yeah, they are redirecting their efforts yeah. to other things. Yes. Um. And unfortunately, those episodes also though had a lot, a whole lot of like the women's place in 1950s stuff. Uh. But I think us two dudes pretty much managed it. Look, yeah, ac- actually, actually, your opinions were opinions I mostly supported. Because it was a lot of two white guys being like, I don't know if this is right, but I kind of have this thought. I mean, I'll stand Where's by. Where's a girl? <laughs> I mean, I'll stand by by feeling that. I feel like Vera- you, we both mentioned this about the two episodes ago. We're not going to talk about We're not going to rehash that at the beginning. No. But give us a chance here. Um, Veronica getting confused about what horror comics were was a very... Uh, stilted thing. But it was a very Veronica thing. Yeah. Just, 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 it completely ignored the situation and figured out how to make it about her. Yeah. It's also like the show was like, these guys have chemistry. Yeah. Uh, How do we break that? It does almost feel like they got afraid that that (laughs) they're like, oh no, it's too powerful. We can't have this. Look, I know Tabitha hasn't been on the show for a while, but she is coming back. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, and everything has to go back to where it was. I'll talk about that later. But we'll talk about this right now. Because this is Riverdale Season 7, Episode 7, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. So we got to check up with everybody who's involved. As you remember, last episode ended <laughs> with a... Uh, with everyone walking in on some teens in their underwear, looking through a window. Yeah. They don't clarify why that happened. Uh, Dan, from last week, if you'll remember, came up with a theory that it was just Frank and Hal standing between the houses staring at their kids' rooms, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah, because otherwise it is extremely troubling that, that he came Hal in so Cooper hard. Walked into his daughter's bedroom without a knock. Without a knock, came in real hard and hot off the top. Look, I'm a, I am not a teenage girl. I was gonna say, look, I'm a teenage girl. Yeah. Look, I have been a teenage girl with brothers, and I would never walk into your guys' rooms without knocking. I don't know what's well, happening behind that closed door. I mean, it's clear that the theme of this episode, it's it stands in with the theme of this episode, which is essentially that like, hey, these parents are bad. <laughs> The best part about these parents being bad is the Jughead monologue that starts this episode begins with Jughead being like, Alice Cooper called Hollywood, California. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) 
I, I get I get that he's being kind Hyperbolic. of like he's being flippant. Yeah. He's like, oh, she called Hollywood, California. But legitimately, Alice called for what we know, the famous actress Hermione Lodge. I have a question. The, the, this, why this, this why was... does Alice blame Veronica? Uh, I mean, they do say that I guess Betty told her she got the laundry from Veronica. There's no way on earth that this Betty Cooper would tell her parents she got the laundry. Uh, I mean, from I, I, I maybe in this, I kind of imagine in the situation her doing that. I think that's Kevin. All... I have an idea. Okay, sure. I don't think Betty would snitch. Sure. But I do think Veronica would stitch her own oh, name her into name. her own lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Alice's par- Alice's parents, Betty's parents, went through that lingerie. I do think it would be funny, the idea that <laughs> that as, as Betty like, turns around, that just says Veronica on the back. <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, yeah, that was a bad choice. Um, I'm mostly shocked that she's able to call. This would be the equivalent of, like, some housewife calling up Lucille Ball. And being like, hey, hey, I went to high school with you. No, there's no indication these people went to high school here. <gasps> You're right. I just You're thinking made of the a other Riverdale timeline. connection. There's no, there's no, there, I, the reason she was sent here is because, like, they they own something here. And she said that her she was going to live with her aunt and uncle. Yeah, there's a possibility, but it feels in, insane to imagine that, like, her, she lied about my aunt and uncle, and no one would just be like, "No, your parent, your parents went your to parents school went here." Because that would be a much easier here. lie. <laughs> so, so Alice Cooper called Hollywood, yeah. and then she made a worser call. Oh yeah, she, she co- called her good friend Penelope Blossom for advice. Yeah, I guess they're a lot closer in this universe. Um, uh, and then Penelope called everyone else it like, set off the gossip like, chain well she was on the she put alice on hold to call someone else look penelope blossom sucks and alice if you're so worried about your reputation that was a wild call to make this is also <laughs> wild and like i i do understand hypocrisy yeah but just like three episodes ago, Alice was like, Betty Cooper, you better sleep with Kevin. Once again, we made it very clear. She does not like Archie because his dad is dead. His dad is dead. And even though, and even though he now has Frank here, who is taking on a father role, he doesn't count. Speaking of Frank, Frank loves that Archie <laughs> tried to seduce a girl through his window. He's like, yeah, okay, I guess that's uh, that's cool. But uh, focus on school and basketball and... <laughs> and uh, well, I don't know, keep your chin up and everyone's gonna love that you did this. It's a good... It, it's a... The, the one of the sub themes of this episode, which becomes very clear in one scene, mm-hmm. um, is double standards. Uh, the funny thing is that, like, I would say Frank's reaction is fine. It's not motivated by fineness. No, because he's, he's, Frank, he's, he's, he's like last episode hated that Archie did anything other than school and basketball. Well, no, no, he hated he hated that Archie wasn't doing school and basketball. I think now that he's doing school and basketball, he can do whatever else he wants. Oh, does he have his car back? <laughs> no, uh, no, because he sold his car. He can't get that car back. That car is gone. I bet it's sold to Reggie's dad. And maybe Reggie will come back. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, Frank is, like, his reaction is like, ah, I mean, you're, you're kids. You're, like, standing in two windows across from each other. Like, you can't do anything, uh, unfortunately. But his thing is like, well, you know, at least you're into girls. 
And that'll be a thing. So then Betty gets confronted by her mom and Betty's like, what were we going to Exa- do? Yeah, we were in right, separate so. bedrooms. This is, you should be like, this is probably one of the best things you could catch your kids doing is like the leaving room for about 40 or 50 Jesuses. And then Alice responds with, look, Betty, with you, anything's possible. <laughs> I, I don't know what could happen. Maybe a, maybe somehow a fly would just shoot off and impregnate you. Look, Betty, you read a book about sex. So even though I really wanted you to sleep with Kevin, now I don't trust you. <laughs> well, never trusted, never trusted Archie and definitely knows that Kevin is gay. <laughs> yeah, because Betty did tell Alice, Alice that. Alice is this funny. Alice is real good, like, 1950s bad mom. Yeah. Um, but she is hilariously close to 2020 bad mom. Um, just, have, with a bit, just with a bit more, like, moral grandstanding. I have a question for you. Does 1950s Alice think that a gay man cannot get a woman pregnant? I think she just assumed that a gay man could not physically have sex with her. But she does want Betty to sex Kevin. Mm, no. Or all but? Just she, a tip? She specifically, I don't think, wanted... Because the reason she said she told Kevin to to give her a ring and she would just get over it. And then she didn't get over it. I don't think she... I think she fully expected that that Betty and Kevin would just never have sex. Oh, Alice. Because she, she didn't give him the sex talk. She gave him the purity ring talk. Now, Alice has a punishment for Betty. Mm-hmm. And this punishment is hilarious. Yes, We've heard we heard about this last episode. Yes, we did. Um, but Betty's gonna have to be on Riverdale Grandstand, which is uh, a, a dance show. So if you don't know what Riverdale Grandstand is, it's like American Grandstand. If you don't know what American Grandstand, it's, it's like, like that show from Hairspray. And if you don't know that, you know on Grease the movie. When they film the, the high school dance, yeah. that's a touring version of this. Yeah. I was trying to pick something that was a bit more recent. I understand that the movie came out in 2007, and that's not recent. Nope, that's why I went to Greece, because Greece is forever recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what, 78 or something? It's always topical. It's Notably, this seems weird, teen dance shows were just, like, a thing in the 50s. They were... Huge, they, they and they were they're like a big part of American culture because they were huge for integration. Like, yeah, they, I mean that was the, that's the it premise was one of, of the hairspray. first things to be integrated. Yeah, but uh, what is like very interesting and very weird about this? So last episode, yeah. Betty and Veronica went on that date, those dates with yeah. those good time boys from Stonewall Prep, which we will not talk about. Yep, <laughs> but one of them was like very very into Riverdale Grandstand. Yeah, that was a cool thing. And then this episode, we find out from Betty that only nerds and squares are on that dance show. I mean, they were definitely nerds and or squares. But I just, like, I feel like the dichotomy of that is, like, interesting and complex to me. Yeah, We I mean, won't dig into that. I mean, it seems like actually... Betty, Betty is, like, just along the line of... She is, like, supposed to be, like, the idea she's the all-American girl... Um, is like the outlook of her. Yeah. But she clearly is supposed to be a bit more leaning towards a bit more of a Tony, maybe. Well, and what's... Um, so for her, she's like, yeah, no, just squares. Well, and what's interesting is we'll find out later that both Ethel and Cheryl are on the show. And Dilton. And Dilton. Yeah. But like 2020 
no, 2016 Cheryl, yeah. like the original Cheryl on the original show, mm-hmm. was an actual cool girl yeah. who held the school in her hand. And the 1950s version of Cheryl... is still supposed to be a cool girl. But also a nerd and square. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that when they're using slang like that, that's more of just from Betty, like... the In the 50s, those were kind of the cool people. And then you have, like, the beatniks and the greasers who are calling them the nerds yeah. and squares. But now we see the greasers as the cool ones. It's it's just an interesting, interesting like, like, contrast on the show. Yeah. Because they turned Cheryl Blossom from, like, a Rizzo mm-hmm. in season one yeah. to basically, like, a Patty Simcox well, in season seven. And I, I think that's cool and interesting. And I think, it's, I think it's especially cool because it shows how our perception of what is cool has progressed. Because she's yeah. still... The cool kid, but she's the cool kid for a different... This ain't your grandfather's cool kid. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I guess, cool kids, uh, Veronica is tanning uh, indoors because Riverdale is always muggy. And it turns out that Hermione Lodge is not happy that Alice Cooper called her in Hollywood. No, um, she gets a telegram Um now, I know for sure that the Telegraph was in in steep decline by, like, the 30s. But for some reason, I like the idea that her parents communicate through Telegraph. Because they refuse to call her and speak to her. I would just think, it's like when your parents email you rather than texting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, they learn how to do the Telegram, but they're not going to take the next step of calling you. So they Telegram her to say, yeah. Veronica, your allowance is cut off. And so- I'm like... Uh, but Hermione and Hiram, are you still paying for her food and lodging? I ha- I imagine the idea is... They're cutting off her spending money? Yeah. I mean, or they're going to pay for the house, but she but they, they're, they are giving her an avenue to make money. To get, they got her a job. At the Babylonian, which is, we know is a movie theater. Yeah. And I assumed at this point it was the movie theater they owned because they got her a job there. Yeah, yeah. That would make – or my idea is that Smithers had to go there and apply for her. Now, I will be proven to be wrong, but I just assumed she had to go work at the family business. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if I assumed it was the family business. I, I think I was just too stuck on the image of Smithers having to hand in a resume. <laughs> Uh, Veronica's hilarious. She's like, you're going to make me get a job? It's child abuse. And Smithers is like, it's not. Okay. <laughs> she gives a speech. I was like, well, if they think they can break my spirit, well, well, they're wrong. I thought this was going to be her, like, she's going to start doing, like, remember season one, Veronica rebelling? Yeah. She's not. She's just going just to go to work and, and enjoy her job. And enjoy her job. <laughs> it's true. Um, this is a hilarious old school parenting. I love the idea of being like, this is twice, twice in this show. And I'll give a, a half, two and a half times. I'll give Betty one a little bit as oh, yeah. well. That they that people have been forced to get jobs as punishments. And it's so funny because the typical teen drama thing is every kid has too many jobs. <laughs> like, they own too many businesses. Well, it's all that they're, I need to clarify. They're not forced to work as punishment. They get jobs and get paid and like, their jobs, but they're man. This is great parenting. That's definitely what you want to uh, instill in your children. That working is a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of, I guess punishments. Uh, 
Keller has is like has been snooping in Kevin. Daddy Keller has been snooping in Kevin Keller's room. Uh, because I, I guess what we'd set up. We know Alice is the snoop. I like to believe he was just cleaning up for his son. I guess. I hope so. Um, and he found a bodybuilding magazine, and he's very confused about the bodybuilding magazine and the fact that he's friends with a buff boy. Um, I, th- I honestly thought Clay was on a sports team because I just remember seeing him shirtless. And him well, being... because Kevin and Clay, I thought, have mostly only hung out in the but, music no, but room. Music. But also the change room. I, yeah, that's why I had to think, like, oh, right, no, he's not a sports guy. He's just buff. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so when Tom's like, I'm confused about this, and you're hanging out with, with Clay, and you, you broke things off with Betty, and I'm like, Tom... Maybe he just wants to get buff. Yeah. <laughs> but I and guess so Tom it, has been suspecting things for probably a long while. Because I presume that Kevin has spent a lot of time talking about how handsome so many other men are. I mean... Ke- which is a line I would have liked to have had. I mean, he... he Kevin tells uh, Archie later that he's like into poetry and drama. I guess he went to a poetry slam one night, but he went there with Betty. It doesn't count. Yeah, and, well, he says to Archie later, he's like, oh, I'm into, like, poetry and drama club and movie stars. And Archie's like, yup, me too. too. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's it's the 50s. The, the, the gay panic is strong. And 1950s Sheriff Keller is not as chill as 2020 uh, Sheriff Keller. I'm going to criticize this storyline. Okay. Because I feel like this is a typical Riverdale storyline with Kevin Keller where they took shortcuts. Like, I needed to see, for this storyline to work, Kevin Keller had to be, like, avoiding his obligations to other things, to hang out with Clay. He had to, like, be bringing Clay around the house. Maybe he needed to kiss Clay somewhere other than the super safe beatnik club. I mean, like, it just, it felt like a shortcut to me. I mean, considering what we saw last episode, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony just told more people. Uh, Maybe Tony told Daddy Keller. Or just Daddy, like, he overheard her or something because Tony needs to understand that not everyone can be out like she is. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the this is the same thing that they got with last episode, where clearly last episode was harsh in it. Yeah. But um, they clearly have an endpoint they want to reach. Yes. In this case, I feel like they had a midpoint they wanted to reach. Yep. And they took shortcuts to get there. And like the storyline is correct and accurate to the 1950s. And, and, I, and quite enjoyable actually to watch. I think. Yes. But um, they took. Do they took I leaps. love that this happened in season seven of a TV show? <laughs> I, no. I, I'll tell you right now. I found the enjoyment lately has been to forget the rest. Yes, just imagine they had a soft reboot. You're in season. You're no. You're on episode six technically of an entirely new show. So we're basically being like, hey, you know how we had Vampire Diaries and now we have the originals? Yeah. This season is the originals. Sure. Or it's like when, or it's like the last season of Scrubs, which was supposed to be its own show. So, um, um, yeah, yeah, Tom's like that. So uh, this is going to go to Jughead. So Jughead is, you know, he's obviously upset that he Isolated betrayed his idol. Yeah, he betrayed uh, Ray Berry's trust. Uh, but he doesn't have time for that because he's going to get pulled into a meeting with the Fell Twins, Turtle and the man with the furriest sweater in the world. And these two men are like... They should not have placed him in front of a window. <laughs> They're like, hey, Jughead, your name's on the front of this comic book. And Jughead's like, yep. I, I wrote it. And they're like, 
well, look, dude, if one of our students spread pornography, we could kick him out of school. It's like, well, yes, because that would, they would be underage and that would be illegal. But you know what? This is the 50s, which is the king of the my morals should be laws era. So that's what they're trying to go with. It's, it's essentially pornography. I do wish Jughead had said, like, but there's no law against me writing comic books. Instead, he's just like, hey, buddies, this is absurd. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to remember that he is a 16-year-old boy. And it's that's so what... hard to remember, though, because he's a 27-year-old man. <laughs> no, he's a 16-year-old boy who can just sort of be – he's a teenager who's just sort of like – he knows this is injustice, but he's just angry about it. It's uh, just so hard when they're actual functional adults – and the show because we've seen them one. as functional adults, and yeah. now they're back to being teenagers yeah. again. Yeah, uh, it. I, I like when uh, where this is like, well, it's it's, it's terrible thing. This it's all these horrible things happening to students. Clearly inspired by your peers, and I'm like, I mean that is true. Yeah, you should have changed <laughs> their names, right. Jughead. He's right. You do keep doing that. You do keep just. Writing stories about people you know. Luckily, he has forgotten the last time he did that yes. during high school. He, he did forget about the honey thing. Uh, so th- they give him an ultimatum. Either sign this. Uh, Contract saying you wrote, won't write comic books. Yep. Yeah, um, or we will expel you. And I'm like, Jughead needs a guardian. <laughs> Jughead needs a parent. <laughs> Don't sign a contract, <laughs> boy. Meanwhile, Betty goes to school the day after the stuff with Archie was revealed, yep. and everyone stares at her, but everyone claps at Archie. Get it? Because the 1950s suck. I would argue that you that this stuff is still a bit prevalent. Um, yeah, but, the but double but standards of sexuality suck. I, look. Double standards are terrible. The speed at which you, the scene is like Betty comes in and Julie, it's Julian. It's Julian. He's leading other people, but Julian's like, ooh, ooh. And then ooh. Archie comes in and like, he stands up and <laughs> doesn't clap. I'm like, I get it. Oh, it's a double standard. Cool. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Uh, this does lead into Veronica and Betty, like, having, having to catch, him up. catch up about it. And then Cheryl comes in and she's like. No, 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 no. We can't skip over this. They're talking. And then the door opens, and then Cheryl continues the conversation. <laughs> Never has there been a clearer moment that Cheryl is standing outside that door, waiting for a moment to come in. Because they are talking about American Grandstand, like, for two full sentences. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my dad wants to be on American Grandstand. American Grandstand? Dancing? I like dancing. Yeah, but I don't want to go. And like, what kind of show is American Grandstand? And then Cheryl, like, bang, is like, <laughs> it's a great dance show. And it turns out that Cheryl is not just the captain of the Vixens. She's also the captain of the dance group. Group on Riverdale Which I Bandstand. think just means that she's the one who tells people to keep dancing. Because they don't, like, rehearse their dancing. No, they just dance to music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because her parents are the, the biggest donors to... The, the TV the station. TV station. Obviously, that makes sense. And Cheryl is both a nerd and a square, so. Yes. Uh, now, Veronica, unfortunately, can't join. She has to get a job because she was corrupting minors. And I'm like, you're a minor. Yeah. <laughs> also, Shut up. who knew what was going on? <laughs> That's why I have to believe all of her laundry has her name on it. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, Kevin Keller joins the basketball okay. team in the most ominous scene known to man. Yeah, okay, so you were talking about shortcuts. The shortcut here is hilarious. So here comes Keller to talk to Frank. <laughs> and Frank afterwards will say, oh, hey, look, guys, Kevin's going to join the team. But Archie looks like, what's going on over there? What's how, happening? Wow, how are two dads what? talking to each Wait, other? What? What's happening? Huh? And then later he'll like ask his regular like, what? What were you and what were you and Tom talking about? <laughs> and like, of course, because something is going on, he has to hear it. But the answer to that question is, oh, well, Kevin's joining the basketball. You were it there. Was not ominous at all. It was just like a dad being like, hey, can my son be on your team? Yeah. And Frank being like, is he good at sports? And Keller no. being like, no, but look how hot he is. <laughs> And only the hottest boys can want to see. Even Fangs, I had last episode. I said <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah, I, I could, couldn't be sure it was Fangs because it didn't seem right to me that Fangs would be. No, on the it team. makes no GD sense. That he's Fangs a loser on this greaser. Team. But I thought about it more. He is supposed to be trying to be a rock star, which maybe <laughs> he needs to be on the basketball team for rock star reasons. Aaron, I had to make it work somehow. Julian should not be cool with Julian him. Julian should not be cool. Because Julian's not even cool with Kevin there. He calls him a cream puff. Look, Julian hates oh, we get- alternative people, and Julian's racist, and Fangs is a different race. Cool. We'll just leave it with that. Uh, we get every slang for gay except for the slurs in this episode, which is almost interesting to see how many they could hit of those synonyms. Uh Meanwhile, Archie, so Archie's arc of this episode is not him learning tolerance. It's him learning. People the, are intolerant. No, no, it's him learning the very concept that someone can be gay. He spends <laughs> the entire episode just confused by like what, like everybody knows what they're talking about except for him. And he's so confused. And I'm like, yeah, man, he's a teenager in 1950s. He, a small town 1950s. Yeah. He may not even understand the concept of gay. He did not read the book, so, unlike Betty. So this entire episode is just him trying desperately to understand what Kevin is going through. And I am not sure ever happens he no, just knows I, kevin's going through things and he needs to help him and he's like hey buddy i like you and you seem sad <laughs> yep okay so let's so, meet the babylonium okay so veronica goes if to you remember it was a casino not a casino anymore no it's a movie theater it was the blue velvet the Blue Velvet used to be the movie theater. Yeah, but before that, it was the movie theater where they all went to go see Love, Simon, and Cheryl realized she might be gay. When did that happen? I don't know. Season two or three? I'm, I am, Aaron, I am 95% certain you just made up a plot line. <laughs> no, it was real. I do they not. went to go see Love, Simon. It was a weird crossover promotion episode. Okay. <laughs> this definitely happened. I'll look it up afterwards. Uh, the point is, going to the theater. The thing about this theater is that it's not doing too well. And I spent a lot of this episode being very curious if this was an issue. 
around that time. In the time. 50s, yeah. I don't I, think... I, I understand drive-ins, like, taking a portion of their um, I think their... I think their hype... Their, I think... I think this is the best way to put it. I believe from my knowledge, from my film stu- from my four years doing film studies, yeah. that there was a dip around this time, just like how with every fad things happen. Like how mm-hmm. when 3D came out, a 3D was the big thing and people would only see 3D movies. Um, but I don't think it was quite to this level, especially in like small towns, though. We have to remember that Riverdale exists in a quantum state. It's both a big town and a small town. It's one movie theater, apparently. It just, it felt very modern to me yeah because it felt like modern oh. day movie theaters being like oh my god streaming oh you mean the the part where veronica just did the nicole kidman thing yeah <laughs> also you know we have had numerous episodes so far yeah. where the characters desperately oh, want to go, go to, to the theater. one movie that's Th- playing that's what i was going to more bring up the this this is realistic enough for me honestly to get it going but not the, with the the last episodes where people were constantly like well let's go and see the movie let's go and see this movie and like i i get it that doesn't mean that it can't be failing just cuz people want to see movies at other times but the way they treat this episode is that nobody ever goes to the babylonium despite the fact that veronica has gone there numerous times oh no 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 definitely not because this is the first time she's ever been there and she doesn't know anything about this place at all only two people work there aaron a middle-aged man and clay walker <laughs> clay walker sports okay. team boy except that he's not, not. a sports We're man wrong. he's a music man we keep confusing him with chuck clayton <laughs> It's just he was so buff in that scene. He was. Why would you have the shirtless towel seed for a man who's not in sports? Also, you cannot name a character Chuck Clayton and then name a character Clay Walker. <laughs> Chuck Clayton Walker. So uh, we do get to see American Grandstand. I thought they might do because uh, Rodale Grandstand because these yeah. dance shows were actually so involved in like integration stuff, and this show show is supposed to be about I- like. Like, yes, like I the, also thought they would do a hairspray story. I line. thought they were into integration. Now, now, admittedly, we would bug them that is hairspray. Like we would a hundred percent be like, "You just watched hairspray." But that should be the point <laughs> of the story, but, but because. It, so, I'm just gonna say this to the audience. Yeah, you're right. L- Riverdale set up a situation where they couldn't win with us. Either way, we're gonna bug them. Uh, but we're gonna bug them about this. Yeah, so they're already integrated, which you know is. Good. And to be fair, Principal Featherhead did say to Betty, why are we concerned about Emmett Till? We're integrated. Yeah. But, like, the point is supposed to be, like, yeah, they integrated the school, but, like, this is still... Well, and also, aren't the kids supposed to be fighting against the systemic inequities of the 1950s? Yeah, the the systemic inequities of the 1950s are very uneven in Riverdale. (laughs) And I don't think the kids are doing anything to fight against them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, like. American Bandstand, I don't even think, was integrated by this point. No, it's 55. Like, yeah. Hairspray, I think, takes place in 61. Yeah, and that and that was based on a story of a legitimate, like, a, a, uh, a show which shut down because the, because the production would not let them integrate. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, Betty's not having a great time. She eventually has to dance with Dilton. Because I guess Dilton's on the show. Yeah, everyone's there. Uh, and Dilton has no one to dance with now that Ethel had to join the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah. So uh, Archie is off working on his bike. And this is where he talks to uh, his dad, 
essentially uh frank about dad hey daddy frank how hey. come kevin has to play sports and why do you guys look so fraught in your faces hey daddy uncle frank what did sheriff tom keller talk to you about and once again because no one will talk in, in straight language here uh haha um <laughs> he, uh frank will be like oh well he's just worried about his his boys and like into the things that like men like you and me are but don't worried. worry archie now that he's on the sport team we're he's gonna, gonna straighten do the kevin out okay and i'm just like i don't know the way you're setting up frank doesn't sound like someone who would be this subtle with archie no he'd be like hey archie Daddy Keller thinks his son is gay, so you teach him how to sleep with girls, yeah. right? You tell that boy to not be a gay bow. It's like, okay. But, <laughs> but, but because he doesn't talk like that, Archie just more like, what do you mean straighten him out? What's going on with Kevin? Oh, no, I have to but, talk to him is now. Is Kevin in trouble? <laughs> so he like, he's like, hey, Kevin, we should hang out and like. I should a- talk to you about what's wrong with Kevin's you. Like, okay. So, so I'm just gonna do that now because he's so Archie and Kevin are gonna shoot baskets. They go try and Archie's like, "So, um, why'd you want to do basketball?" And Kevin's like, "I don't know, dude. My dad just wanted me and, to because I like things the boys don't and like." I, and I understand that, like, Kevin obviously would be a lot like would not do this because he's the one who's like, yeah, he's he's like, oh well, you know, like. He wants me to less of an odd horse, and he wants me to be, like, into more things like you and Frank are, you know, like, sports and not so much... So, wait, sports and changing in front of girls. <laughs> and not, like, poems and drama and music and movie stars. And Archie's like, but I like those things. So I have, again, yeah. shockers of shockers, I have problems with this. Okay. Um... I don't care for the fact that Riverdale, the TV show, has devolved Kevin into a stereotype because 19, 19, 20, 20, 2018 Kevin yeah. was a boy who loved boys and loved theater and poetry and music. Yeah. But also was on sports teams. Well, so I don't know why the TV show has been like, no, 55 Kevin can't possibly like gay things and sport things. Well, I mean, I think like part of that is ju- is a commentary on the fact that like at the time you got really pushed into um, like certain roles. And we see as soon as he's on the sports team, he gets gay bashed real hard, real fast. So it makes sense that he wouldn't feel comfortable in that environment. You're correct. It just, like, it doesn't sync with me because we have six other seasons of the TV show. I think that's the problem where I'm like, but these characters are more than the stereotypes. And you're, like, doing a thing TV show where you're like, no, no, we're going to narrow them down to their stereotypes. And then we can tell you. They can be more. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. You told me that for six seasons. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, once again, it's season seven. Um, But, I mean, this scene, especially what I I like about it, is him being like, well, you know, I'm into poem, like, like, I'm into poem, drama, music, and movie stars. And Archie's not like, you know. Oh, you're gay. No, no, no. Archie's not like, well, you know, that's, you know, that's fine. Like, uh, you can be into all those things. Archie's like, yeah, I'm into that, too. That is a thing that, like, that you, that's. That, that's that's not a thing. Like, I'm into I know. that, too. I know. You're right. It just, like, it works in a vacuum. It doesn't work in 
my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, so his, so his, Archie's just like, once again, he does not know what's going on here. So when Kevin's like, oh, I'll be normal. And he's like, but you are normal. We're, we're all normal. What's happening? Speaking of what's happening, <laughs> Jughead is handed on a silver platter another opportunity to interact with Brad Rayberry. Oh, yeah. yeah thankfully, um, <laughs> Brad, Brad Rayberry does have a lot in common, I guess, with Ray Bradbury. He does not trust banks, so he needs his cash. He needs his payment checks yep. cashed at the comic book place so he can have cash. And Jughead, well, he doesn't want to go to a bank. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't trust them. And because Jughead has dropped out of school, he now writes his comic books at the comic book place. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit awkward to them, but Rayberry's like, so why are you here and not at school? And he's like, I dropped out because they did this. And you can see the look on this man's <laughs> face where he's like, I have a son now. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to be your dad. Tell, tell me about Mr. Werther's. The way he says that made me feel think that he was going to destroy that man's life he does just want to know more about him but i'm hoping it's still coming because i would love a good adult on this tv show yeah yeah and he's a okay adult (laughs) he has his demons but like maybe maybe he could be good oh i mean he i mean he's got to teach jughead to not trust authority and uh Hopefully we done. Hopefully it's not all for you know Ray Bradbury, and you can also believe in helping people. So the the boys, you know those uh, uh basketball the, boys, those sport team boys, they're gonna spend some time really celebrating the fact that two of them had uh, had sex. Um, okay, one of them had sex, and one of them saw a girl through a window. Uh, they, they because did, everyone seems to know they, that Archie. Saw a naked girl through a window. They mentioned Jughead did mention in his opening monologue that um, the story got spread around and twisted so much that nobody knows what's going to happen. What but, actually happened? Veronica but, did imply that there's one version of the story where somehow they had sex through a window. Yeah, but Julian in this scene will be like, "Hey, this guy had sex, and Archie saw a girl through a window. <laughs> well, Who's still a virgin in this room?" Look, I can't, I cannot stress enough. Oh, and also Fangs was probably. Oh yeah, and with Fangs him. had sex with Midge because probably is what he says. Yep. Um, Julian is way too into other people's sex lives. Um. I'm going to stress this. I can't stress this enough for people who maybe have not watched the episode. Julian has the strongest incel energy you've ever seen. Look, the only person Julian has ever had sex with is a 34-year-old prostitute. I love... So, so, so and I'm Ju- not joking, Julian, show. Yeah, Julian goes after Kevin. Uh, we learn... I want to mention this right now. We learn later he was put up to it, which does make this scene very <laughs> funny with him being like, how do I get to this point? But he goes after Kevin for being like, "You did you have sex?" And Archie's like, "Hey, I don't think you had sex." And, and Julian like, proudly, "I did. Proudly, of course I did. My papa brought me to a prostitute called Dyla Twist <laughs> to take me virginity." And I just <laughs> want to make clear to the audience in case you forgot, I said uh, she, 34. Yeah. I'm sorry, Twila Twist is not my age. It's funny that, t- that Twila Twist was not aged down I, even though even though once again Evelyn she sure who was. is a full grown adult was aged back into a child okay but Twilight <laughs> Twist remains to be the mother of a teenager 
<laughs> Maybe. She's not a child. She's an adult. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, she's adult. She's a, she's, she is a, she is a full-grown adult prostitute. We, that's, that's I've absolutely understood. And look, um, you guys, it doesn't matter if she's my age or not. I cannot sleep with a 16-year-old. Aaron, nobody is on the team that what Twyla did was cool. Um, I'm pointing out the fact that Julian, his claim to fame is that my father paid a prostitute to have sex with me. And all the guys are like, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Okay, I <laughs> am I on drugs? I feel like part of the plot of um, uh, Holden Caulfield yeah. is that he does almost sleep with a prostitute. But oh, it's like judged on the, him. The 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 father takes his son to a prostitute to make him a man is a very long standing story. Yeah, but I feel like most stories are like, well, that sucks. Um. Yeah, and I don't think the story's saying it's cool. I'm not. I, I'm saying the guys. Yeah, I, I. I just think it's weird that most of the guys are like, "Yup, you gotta pay a girl." Yeah, I know. All these guys read Catcher in the Rye and thought Holden Caulfield was the coolest dude ever. Um, Holden Caulfield, you <laughs> do suck. Look, no one's got to say these guys are cool or <laughs> cool in 2023. I just thought it was funny how even <laughs> in like this super bravado 1950s era, Julian is proudly like, no. That, like, that means... My papa paid to make me a man. It doesn't matter how, not a virgin. And I'm like, no, I think you still are. (laughs) Yeah, you are a virgin, I said this like two episodes ago. Um, And I'm I'm like, you don't have to be a virgin to have virgin energy. And there's nothing wrong with being a virgin. But Julian has strong virgin energy. Uh, So this is obviously all set up so that Kevin will think... He has to go see a prostitute so that he can be normal. Meanwhile, in a scene that will never be followed up on, ever, ever, Clay and Veronica bond about the fact that he wants to be a filmmaker. I mean, it was technically followed up on. They just didn't do a very good job of it. Yeah. I didn't really count this episode. I'm thinking about, like, forward facing. Oh. They will act like they've never met each other before. <laughs> You know what? No, I think I think we will see uh, Clay and Veronica because they're the only two. They're like the only people who work at that place, so they gotta connect in some way. I am actually excited about how they're doing these connections. I am, though, however, still unbelievably frustrated that they dropped the Veronica and Jughead thing so fast. Yeah, her bonding thing with Clay is, is the, the exact, same is the exact same way she bonded with Jughead. Except these guys Notab- are not gonna sleep together. <laughs> yeah, notably, I don't know why. She doesn't want to sleep with him. She doesn't know he's gay. She does not know he's gay. And it's supposed to be a secret. So unless if we're going to assume that Veronica has the strongest gaydar in the world, which is not a real thing, because guess what? Clay doesn't subscribe to stereotypes. Um, Kevin, (laughs) is Veronica racist? Will she not sleep with a black man? I was not going to say that. I was just going to allude to it deeply. Now, Veronica, she does like film, but she doesn't want to be in front of the camera, except for later when she's in front of the camera. She wants to be near a camera. Near a camera. (laughs) Clay takes this chance, because I think he knows who she is. She's Veronica Lodge. He's a guy who knows knows movies. He knows film. He definitely knows Omiha. So he's like, well, you could open a studio and then hire me. He says it jokingly, but like, you know. Veronica's like, yes. Jokingly. So I guess Veronica's thinking she can be a producer. 
I mean, hey, she's done. I guess every, that's what she was. She's done to. every other sort of job uh, in the world. Uh, but this is where we learned that yes, the Babylonium is in trouble. Uh, it because of TV and drive-ins, and just no one wants to go there anymore. And then Veronica's like, "But what if we make a TV commercial? But what if we do a commercial doing grandstand?" I'm like, "Oh yes," and obviously Clay will direct. They don't focus too much on the fact that Clay did get to direct something, which yeah. feels like that was an important part of his storyline. But, you know, I guess we only got time. Uh, at this point, I just like because it's so funny that these teenagers are like, well, what if you do a commercial? Like, I mean, he owns this business. He knows what advertisement sure, is. Sure, whatever. So I just sort of assumed that Mr. Lemley just kind of like gave up and he was like, I don't really, I don't really care. He's near retirement, Kevin. He's middle-aged. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, because in the 50s, you could retire at 60. Meanwhile, cut to a commercial. Yes, it's an ad for Blossom Maple Syrup, brought to you by all of the blossoms that we care to see. <laughs> so Cheryl and Penel- Julian and, and Penelope. Penelope. No Clifford. No, he's busy being the mayor. Because we paid Hal to be in this episode, so we can't pay Clifford as well. <laughs> they cannot meet. Uh, Betty, who is just standing behind the camera, meets Troy, and Troy sucks immediately. Okay, so it is wild, though, that Alice Cooper allowed Betty to stand behind the camera not dancing. I feel For like as Alice as Cooper did. should have forced Betty to dance alone. In front of the camera. Uh, it, it does seem like uh, Cheryl's very adamant, you cannot dance alone. It will be weird. Though the way that these kids dance, they're mostly alone. <laughs> like there's, there, there's one person they might be looking at. Uh, but this does move into a slow dance. And Troy, there's there's no buildup where maybe Troy is a cool, nice guy. No, he just sucks. <laughs> Immediately he's like, hey, I heard you uh, took your clothes off in front of a dude. You want to have sex by a river? <laughs> and so Betty makes the correct choice. I wish, I wish I had people thinking that, like, whoa, 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 that's uh, hyperbole. No, he says, let's go to the river. Yeah, it's true. Sex. He's like, I hear you like to watch. You want to watch me by the river and then touch me? And so Betty he, he come, he, punches him. Yeah. Betty punches him. And, well, she, uh, she slaps him on live TV. And... Clay and Veronica are watching from home, and they're pleased. My first thought was, Clay doesn't know Betty. I assume that Veronica, Veronica explained, explained that's why they're watching it, but I will take a moment to just imagine Clay was like, cool. I like when those white people hit each other. Look, Clay probably knows Troy, and Clay's like, hey, yeah. Troy sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad all these people are hitting each other on TV. He's very happy about what he just saw. He's very happy. So um, this heads right home, and Alice, I mean, she just, she slut shames Betty, even though Betty has not done anything, because, you know, standards. Yeah, and then they're basically like, look, Betty, no one will dance with you, but you'll stay on the show. And Betty's (laughs) like, like, okay, "Okay, fine. So essentially, I'm grounded. So I'm grounded and have to go to the studio. (laughs) Out. The, I actually quite like this. Alice is so sure she has control of Betty. And that makes sense for what we've seen so far of this season. Yeah. Her and Betty were 
close. Did, did appear close at the beginning. And she is so sure she has Betty on lock and key. Betty would never do anything. And this episode is just... Remember how we had the episode where Betty had to learn you can't trust Alice? Alice is now learning you can't control Betty. And thank you, show. <laughs> you can't control Betty. You are correct. All right. Uh, so... Uh, Ray Berry is talking with uh, Jughead, and he introduces the idea, which I actually thought of earlier, but um, of a pseudonym, which is like, yeah, yeah, just write under a different name. This is a thing that, like, uh, he actually explains. This is something that, like, my, some of my novelist friends uh, did with the whole Red Scare thing with McCarthy. It was Okay, so, Kevin, again, yeah. 1955. Early. McCarthyism is not done yeah no he does talk about it like it was a thing in the past and not a thing that's currently happening until like the (sighs) 70s yeah way longer than you would ever hope uh i mostly like that this has reinforced i was unclear on what uh brad rayberry's whole thing was because obviously i mean you know this he's rad bray he's rad bradbury (laughs) he's ray bradbury Bradbury. god i hate those that they just did that i know um i hate that he's not just another author they just made up because now i have to keep on thinking of him as ray bradbury and and trying to like fit it together and he doesn't he does not fit ray bradbury ray bradbury does some uh great books he's Sucks as the person. And this guy seems to not suck so much, but all of his he, things are he has, not the right timeline. Oh, yeah. And like, like this is what I meant. Like, I couldn't understand how popular he was. At this point, Ray Bradbury was just getting popular. Yeah. Um, but in this one, like 10 years ago, he did. Uh, his short story. Yeah, the November chronic chronicles whatever they were whatever yeah. the fake one is here november county or something like that november country November country right um no it was very county because november country was the fake one that pep did right yes <laughs> um so uh but like he says like oh my friends around there which means that he is a successful author who just happens to live in riverdale and it seems like the jugget's like oh this is my hero yeah but you I live in the get, same city I can as get him. get trained to get him. Get him. Yeah, no, you can just walk to him, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so get an get an alias. Pretend he'll they'll never buy that you're just like going to give up writing comics. So you know, pretend you're writing like Super Duck. Yeah, chill comics. Yeah, I I do I did when I was watching the episode. Jughead was like, "Would they ever believe I would give up writing comics?" And I was like, yeah. Jughead." They don't really care about you. They I, don't know you, I no, don't think. You no, know, I fully understand. I believe that they would absolutely, like, yes, he has seen the light, and now this, the boy has been saved. Uh, but Yeah, maybe, but, but Jughead's a teenager. Well, also, maybe Rab, Ray very adds a good point, which is, like, just, like, double check. Just tell him you're doing something else. Yeah. Because that way, when you talk about, like, writing, maybe they'll still... They'll be like, oh, yeah, but the duck. Yeah. Uh... So we, we check in with Kevin quickly. He is freaking out about his plan on having sex with a prostitute. Oh, yeah. So when um, Julian was like, oh, I've had sex with a prostitute, Kevin was like, yeah, me too. I'll go do that. I think I mentioned that when we went through it. And now he's not. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Kevin, she's a prostitute. She doesn't care if you sleep with her or not because she's still getting paid. Apparently, well, well... Okay, yes. In the reality of this TV show, she 
does care. I mean, I think the thing is that like he he's not doing it for the other people. He's doing it because he there is a part of him that believes that if he does this, it will somehow quote unquote fix him. But she also does care and will tell everyone. I mean, yes. <laughs> because Riverdale sucks. That's that's not how prostitutes work. I mean, unless you're going to pay them more apparently she's decent friends with the mayor i'm just saying i i think i i I think it's reasonable enough considering stories um so but archie's like hey it's fine i'm a virgin and kevin's like well then why don't you have sex with a prostitute she's she's like like, because i don't care Archie's like you're right why why like so kevin kevin says is this, well, it's not fair. Why like, why don't you have to prove anything? But I do. And Archie's like, you're right. Why don't you? What is happening? What is going on? <laughs> we learn later the reason that our, that Kevin has to prove something is because some, because we'll just say it, his dad put Julian up to doing this. So yeah. that's why Kevin has to prove well, it. And Archie has never been worried to, about it. If someone unquote. was like, hey, Archie, sleep with that girl and prove it. Archie would be like, but Why? <laughs> Why? I don't want to. Whereas Kevin's like, I do have to prove it. All right. Uh, so let's be up to some of these things. Uh, we do get to see uh, Mr. Rayberry just go ham on the Fell Twins, which is excellent. Yep. He is not there for Jughead to be exploited because Jughead needs a dad. I was very confused why he was there for when <laughs> yeah, Jughead I was, was signing too. the thing. But it's, he's, he's clearly bluffing a bit. He definitely doesn't want to escalate this up to the Supreme Court. And that's why he still is like... He still does the pen name thing because he's yeah. right. It's also not illegal to write those comics, but it probably he's very invested in Jughead going to school. Yeah. So he's, he's like, this is this is easier. The easier thing to do is I will still fight for you that it's fine that you write comics, but please graduate school. I am your father. <laughs> Look, I'm going to I, Brad, I'm going to scare these turtle twins, but also make sure you graduate. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, Kevin uh, checks in with uh, Twilight Twist, who Julian, I guess, informed he was coming. Oh, God. Uh, I just, I don't think this is how prostitutes work. She is too (laughs) judgy and too aggressive and has no client sexual provider privilege. She doesn't need to. She works for the mayor. Yeah, but like someone paid her and that someone I guess in the situation is Kevin. Aaron, Aaron I'm not sure that the people who are going to her are are, are going to be like so we're like, oh man, well, why did she tell the other people that I didn't have se- that we didn't have sex? But why would she tell anyone? Because they paid her. Why are they paying her to say whether or not this man had sex? Because that is Tom asked Julian to get Twyla to have sex with him so his son wouldn't be gay. How does Tom have this money? He Tom is not the mayor. I don't Tom think is he a sheriff. paid her a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the thing though. Like he's none the of, sheriff. Yeah, he's none of fine. this makes sense. The money doesn't track. The money isn't moneying. It, the math doesn't math. It absolutely makes sense. He paid he paid her to sleep with his son. Yeah. Through Julian. But like she is so invested in the fact that this man does not sleep with her. Oh, I mean Why the, would she not lie? She's why, a thirty four year old woman. Uh, why would she not lie Aaron, about a seventeen year old? Why would she lie? 
Who cares? Exactly. Just, who cares? Why would she Kevin, lie? But Kevin, she why? still got paid. Why did she say, oh, I didn't do the job? <laughs> no, she didn't say, I didn't do the job. She said the job didn't happen. No, the job is she gets paid if she sleeps with the boy. I think it makes just as much sense for her not to tell as it does for her to, to tell. And no, I think one it, thing it makes happened. way less sense for her to tell. So we head over and we check out Betty. She's picking up, she's picking up her order from Pop Tate's, which I had this one moment where I'm like, no, they must do pickup orders in the 50s. <laughs> I don't know why that stopped me. <laughs> it stopped me so much. It's because the scene is dumb and it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. So she sees Archie so they can sort of like awkwardly chat. And they, they're like, oh, we haven't seen you in a while either. Which made me think like, did they black out your windows? I want to see the scene where Frank just like hammers boards into the windows. Be like, also, now you don't get the sun, boy. <laughs> also, they have so many classes together. They literally saw, saw each other in class like... Yeah. Earlier yeah. this day. I think I think maybe they're just being like, well, didn't see you. Uh, but Archie's like, he's really worried about Kevin. He just doesn't understand what's going on. And maybe maybe tonight will make things better. Uh, that sets off Betty. So then Archie goes like, I have to assume. Because remember, he doesn't have a car. <laughs> just sprinted to wherever Twyla and Kevin were. Like- just like. Kevin, it is the 1950s, but Archie is still a robot. Oh, yeah, no, he robot ran. He, tur- he po- tore off his shirt. He ran there. He put his shirt back on, and then he kicked over the door. And I, so he comes in, and he's like, oh, oh, did something bad happen? Because Kevin, like, you know, he, he, he had he's a panic crying. attack, and he cries. And then he um, reveals that, or no, they, they didn't actually it is revealed that yeah. Twyla is Daddy Keller's idea. Um, no, that's not until later, actually. Um but uh, Twilight does spend a bit of time, I guess, also trying to get Archie to maybe, like, pay for something. But then she hears friend and, like, makes an assumption there. Uh, I mostly like that, like, Archie, so when he explains to Kevin why he did this, he's like, well, I told Betty what's happening and she got real mad. She didn't explain. He still does not know what's going on. No, he just saw Betty's reaction was like, gotta yeah, run. Betty was, Betty was like, oh, this is bad things. Something bad's going to happen? Oh, well, I gotta get there fast. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I guess he like he tells Kevin's like, oh well, don't worry. Well, like me and you will, we'll sell it. Like I'll 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 I'll, I'll say I'll things. I'll tell you, but se- I will tell you about what <laughs> sex is like, even though I don't know sex. I, from thing from magazines and things I've heard Uncle Frank say. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about with Uncle Frank? <laughs> oh no. So while this is going on, Veronica and Clay have filmed a very dramatic commercial. Oh, it's it's the Nicole Kidman AMC commercial. And then Veronica's like, hey, hey, my middle-aged boss, what do you think? Will people come here? So it turns out the reason that uh, Mr. Lemley wasn't like, no, we've done a commercial. I know what commercials are now. Uh, turns out he was, he's been planning on selling the Babylonium the whole time. He's just like, I don't know, let them do this. And it turns out that the reason Veronica got a job at the Babylonian was because her parents are trying to buy Not it. Not trying to. Technically succeeded in buying it. Yeah. And and then they're... And I thought, like, oh, wait, so they're going to buy it so they're her bosses. And that's why I thought it was. It's like, oh, yeah. it's a trick, and now they're her bosses. Because mafia things. Well, I was just thinking, like, control over your kids things. Yeah. Um, no... They're going to turn it into a parking lot. It's not clear for what. I don't know why. The 
it's insane to think you would buy a place just to turn a parking lot and you don't own like a nearby business. Like what is the Also, why is... do 1950s run cuz parents care about owning owning things in Riverdale? Well, no, this is the, the only assumption I could go with is that they bought it. They knew Veronica loves movies. They bought it, got Veronica a job there, and then just knew that she would love it just so they could destroy it. Oh, that's the real punishment. Yes. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> that's definitely what they were doing, right? They knew she likes movies. We're, they, they essentially did the shadow hunters, I gave you a bird, now kill it thing. They falconed her. <laughs> they falconed her. I guess so. <laughs> so... That's terrible to yeah. her middle-aged boss. Um, so we'll speed through, through, through things here. Uh, Rayberry's happy to mentor Jughead. He's been looking through his novel. Things are going real great for him, which is a bad, bad sign. sign. But Veronica, speaking of things going great, Veronica hangs out in her own apartment and is like, hey, that painting, that painting looks expensive. So I was like, oh, she's just going to sell her parents' stuff from her space. I like that. Later, she's going to claim it's hers. And I don't believe that. I think she's a liar. I always think Veronica's a liar. But I also don't think her parents would know what's in the apartment, so I... Yeah, no, sure. I, I love the idea that she just, like... I would love if she gutted her apartment. I thought she was going to be like, that looks so expensive. Then we cut back, and it's like the entire apartment is gutted. Yeah. Like she sold everything from the apartment. No, one painting that I guess... Which she won't even sell. She'll just tell she just the owner him. to sell it. Now, I, I will say this. I quite like Mr. Lemley. He seems like someone who believes in the um, the power of film and the strength of the youth. So I think he's like, this girl put in a lot of effort in doing this. You know what? Maybe that painting is worth something. Maybe it's not. But this little girl now here should own a business again. <laughs> That's Veronica a teen drama. owns a business again. And I can't, I don't want to look up if a 16-year-old can own a business in 1950s. I would actually more believe that is possible because... It was weird in the 1950s. So while this is going on, we have the scene we've alluded to where Daddy Kelly reveals oh, he's waiting he in the dark. Source the prostitute, and yes, he knows that Kevin didn't sleep with her. Yeah, uh, he knows all about it. This is this is sort of what I was talking about last episode with like Tony getting upset at Cheryl, where I'm like, man, some people like Tony, people, some, not everyone can come out and it'll be fine. Like it, I don't know what Tony's. I know I know. Tony was kicked out. I don't want to say everything was fine for Tony, clearly. Yeah, she lives with her grandma, yeah. so. And her grandma's okay with it. But she has a community, which is nice. And then I wrote notes for a scene that say, Frank confronts Archie, too. Archie has none of it. <laughs> well, Frank doesn't it. Oh, I know what it is. Frank comes in like he's going to confront Archie. Because he's like, well, I got a call from Keller. I don't know why Kevin's not on the team anymore. Like, he comes in <laughs> like he knows what's happening, but he doesn't know what's happening. And there she's like, I don't know. Uh, I guess Kevin just doesn't like sports. Yeah, Frank's like, oh, well, it must suck having a kid who's bent, which, by the way, is slang for gay. As I said, hit every slang. But Archie's, maybe Archie knows that one slang because he's like, oh. oh. Or maybe he still, he just knows... That's a that like that's a term for not normal, and he's like, oh, I still don't know what's happening. And with Kevin. like, look, 
Kevin just didn't want to sleep with a prostitute. It's fine. No one wants to sleep with a prostitute. I don't want to sleep with any. I didn't sleep with Cheryl. I know what it's like to people think things. I, I gotta go, man. Look, sometimes you don't want to sleep with a 34-year-old yeah. woman. So, like, he talks to um, Betty, and he's real worried that he might have made things worse for Kevin. And I, man, I love Archie this episode. Because he's just, like, like he's a good example of someone who's, like, he doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't need to, like, learn a lesson. He just, like... Wants Kevin to be happy. Yeah, he's just trying. And, like, Kevin and later Clay, like, appreciate it. And then Cheryl bursts into the scene. Because now Cheryl's parents want everyone to come to the next recording yes. of Riverdale Grandstand. Do you remember why, Aaron? Because it's the fiftieth episode, which means this, 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 this Riverdale Grandstand literally just started. Yeah, it's been it like has two not months. even been on for a year. It's been two months because because it happens every oh, single they day. Do it every day, yes. yes. This has been ten weeks, <laughs> which which like it's fine. It's fine if things get hyped really, really fast. It's just funny that it it is so short. But then I thought, oh, you know what I think was two months ago? The comet. The comet. So it just started because they just arrived. I don't think that's going to be like a thing. No. But I think it's a fun reference that I will give them. So then we will <laughs> cut to Riverdale Grandstand. Yep. And I was immediately like, why is Betty moping off stage instead of dancing? Oh, which Aaron. I thought her mom would force her to do. Oh, she's not moping. She's waiting. Because Waiting for her moment. Like, Archie is dancing. Veronica is dancing. Cheryl's dancing. Julian is dancing. And then they're going to do the twirl. Yes. But you see all those ladies with their dresses um, done correct. Done in, like they're kind of bound up together. Uh, they Betty, can't twirl correctly. No. So Betty arrives and she just flashes her underwear to everyone. <laughs> she shows her underwear. She shows her belly button she twirls think, she do belly button oh yeah well well she uh, twirls a way <laughs> that no one imagined a girl yes, could twirl yeah. it's very it's very marilyn monroe oh yeah very but various um so and alice hates it oh alice is like why did you do this well you're you're kicked off the show and betty's like good <laughs> Perfect. I'll, yeah, kick me off the show. Or I'll do it again. <laughs> and Alice is like, fine. You I, can't dance, but you broke my I, heart. I love Alice trying to eke out a victory at the end. Like, <laughs> this entire time, she 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 has such a good, like, good bad parent in this. Because she's someone who she absolutely believes she can control, control her daughter. So she comes up with a plan. Well, she's going to be on this uh, nice TV show we do. And at no point does she comprehend that putting an angry daughter on <laughs> live TV might go bad. <laughs> uh, <sighs> so we're going to check it with everyone. Veronica will send a taunting message to her parents with Smithers is... Into. Into. Uh, um, Archie still wants to be friends with Kevin and Clay. I, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing these connections because we talked about it a lot and OC was real bad for it. But characters existing in bubbles and like even though they're all main characters not really interacting. Mm -hmm. And I, I also didn't realize how much I wanted Archie and Kevin to hang out. Yeah, because they are into the same thing. Well, Archie says, hey, we've been in the same class since kindergarten. <laughs> Now, to be fair, Archie of several episodes ago didn't care about movie stars. 
only liked no, cars. He, no, no, he liked James Dean. No, but remember when he was on the date with Veronica and he was like, well, I like working oh. on my car and I like uh, my sport team. But he likes poetry and he probably likes music. Well, he now likes these things. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think maybe with Veronica, it was just that she was given real deep cut movie stuff. And she was like, I don't know what these it's, things are. It's like there's a difference between when someone's like I like I like movies and I'm like I went to school for 4 years about film. You want to talk about you want to talk about like Dutch angles? But uh speaking of people in deep cuts, Veron- Veronica, oh my god, Betty walks into the school and all the boys stare at her and Betty's like whatever. Yeah, so this is uh Betty enters the school like Emma Stone in Easy A. Uh and it's going great until oops, here's oops, Dr. Werther's. Werther's. Yes, I do love so Al's called and clearly. Yes, I love how Werther's would have been like meh. <laughs> oh, I mean he would have fumed from the background. But uh, Alice called him. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to when the person who like fumed at Cheryl for dancing close to a girl was the turtle. Uh, but it's like, it, they swap the re I call them the fell twins because they are interchangeable. Yeah. And even earlier this episode, the turtle was like, Oh no, Jughead should write comics. Just good comics. <laughs> He's like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's fine. If you write some, I don't want to get sued by the, <laughs> the Supreme, Supreme court. court. Uh, but I love how the villain of this season is a child psychologist from the 50s in a high school. Right? That is a good villain for a teen drama. And now I will just put this prediction here now. I thought the Werthers was going to send Betty to Holy Mercy. I don't sweet, think it's going to happen. Silent Mercy? Quiet silent mercy? Quiet Sisters? Quiet, the them, them quiet sisters. I thought she was going to do the quiet sisters, um, but this is Riverdale, so I don't think she's going to. No, I think he's just going to, I think we're going to have, okay, I mean, let's do this thing. So Jughead is writing multiple comics. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I feel like he could just lie. I, I feel like the, um the what do you call it, the publisher would be fine with lying. Who's just putting Jughead's name on a different thing. Or, or don't even put his name on it and just do the same thing he was going to do. Which where he, he doesn't want to do. He doesn't put people's names on yeah. comics. He could just, if ever they ask, he's just like, yeah, no, he writes Super Duck. Yeah. He's one of the writers on Super Duck. But I guess he actually is. But hey, things are going well. And, and Ray... Ray Berry is a, he's gun ready to go through his book until he gets a knock on the door. I, actually, the the entire time that anytime he was nice to Jughead, I was worried that like. He was the milkman? No, 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 no. I was worried that we were just going to get that scene from season one where the Black Hood runs in and shoots a guy. <laughs> like every single time they talk, I think that they're just going to have a serial killer run into the room they're talking. Well, speaking of that. Well, not quite into the room, but he has a knock at his door, and who's at his door? It's a milkman! And he's apologizes that he's there too late. And look, it's Riverdale. He could be dead, he could not be dead. He could be a normal milkman. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where uh, Logic was like, hey, 
It's the 1950s. <laughs> Cut and there. <laughs> <laughs> done. Perfect. Perfect one you've ever done. <laughs> Look, I have to. I I have to, to give it. You do the Twilight one. Yes. Per- perfectly fine. Yeah, it bugs you a lot. It clearly bugs you a lot. <laughs> the problem is, the problem is, they made a Twilight twist. Yeah, the, the problem, the 100% the problem is that we, the, the problem has been the same thing this entire season. There are six other seasons of this show. <laughs> well, and they made it a woman who does not care about patriarchy and societal norms. Yeah, I mean, Yes. And we cannot forget that. It, it it's like it's like the um the uh River Vale episodes. Yeah. Where we cannot forget the things the characters did when they were not themselves. I mean, it was easier when they said this is a one off five season thing and, and not, then it was a lie. And then it was a lie and actually was very connected to the entire series as a whole. And the problem is, by making the prostitute Twyla Twist, who is a woman who rebels against society, who is, like, very much into pursuing her own gains, who is very much about, like, protecting herself, mm-hmm. you have to give me reasons why she, why the choices she makes do these things. Yeah. That's the fairest problem with having a character who was a character and now is a cameo. So just like it could have been any prostitute. You've done it. You invented a woman who shaved Archie. <laughs> well, what's the thing probably is they just want to reference the older. That's probably why Evelyn is the one who's being the 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 teen even though Evelyn's a full grown woman. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Listening audience, you are so lucky I wasn't here last episode. Now they got it enough. Kevin What's your CW moment? Um, Dilton had a really weird role this episode. Dilton was Dilton danced with Betty when Betty, uh, when like because Ethel wasn't there. Yeah, and then when she goes to dance with Troy, the camera lingers there so that Dilton can like look like, oh, Dilton being on the show this season <laughs> makes no sense. And I just thought I for some reason I thought there would be like a thing. And and realistically, there shouldn't be a thing. No, there, there, there's too much stuff going on. Um, but because of the, how the show set me up, I thought that Dilton was going to, like, I don't know, kill Troy. Uh, but no, he just sort of danced with Betty because Ethel wasn't there. And then Betty danced with a guy who's immediately a creep. Here, here's what I would have given you. You know what? If you're going to have a one-shot, I get a one-shot as well. It both adds yeah. to the show, I guess. The one-shot I want to add is after she slaps him, it cuts to Dilton just smiling in the audience. Yeah. Perfect. Completely rounded out what I needed. Yes. No, I'm here for that. <laughs> but instead, he just looks at them sadly, and then we never see him again. Although I will say, Dilton and Ethel being on Riverdale Grandstand yeah. makes zero sense. I think they're also they're, they're the different kind of squares and no no. But oh, the, oh Eth- Ethel, I would give Ethel and Dilton are not cool enough yeah. to be the cool squares on the show. <laughs> but they're the uncool squares of the show. I do like how Grandstand seems to have its own internal hierarchy. <laughs> like, well, you know, you gotta have the oh, I can't remember the main character from Hairspray. Amber and Link. 
Tracy Turnblad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like how you did. I know Link is a character on there, but you said two characters. Yeah, I said the cool characters. No, but I want to know who Ethel was. There, Ethel is no way Tracy Turnblad. I'm sorry. Well, she could have been if she wasn't sent to a nunnery. Maybe. You don't know what her future could have held. Ethel does not have the spirit to be that rebellious and cool and chubby. Well, well, now she's a nun. I think it's very interesting how this episode, everyone is just very slowly returning to familiar ground. Oh, but yeah. But in different ways. Veronica owns a business. Jughead gets involved in a murderous conspiracy. People think Betty is insane. Cheryl's back with Tony. Archie's dad is dead. It's like... <laughs> The the show is almost like the show is about returning to the familiar with all the appearances of progression, but you never actually go anywhere. The show is like, hey, we did a thing for six seasons, but now it's in the 1950s. So we're going to do all those things again. They're going to be slightly different, but heaven forbid the characters do something, change or evolve. Look. How do you guys feel about the 1950s? Please tell us. We're on social media, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And again, I think we're your only Archie Rudale podcast left. So give us your reading reviews and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. This is the winners of the Battle Royale. Uh, and uh, you can catch my books. They're available at kevinwarebooks.com. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. And we are both back. Aaron's back. And we are going. she's going to continue to be back. Enjoy the shouting. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you next week. Is the milkman going to kill Brad Rayberry? Will Tom Keller learn to accept Kevin? Will Archie ever learn about human sexuality? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>